Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Thank you for tuning in to the Dr. Pat Show. Thank you for tuning in to Transformation Talk Radio. And for those of you that uh, sent me an email, yes, on Thursdays at noon, I am doing a totally different show. It's called Power Up with Dr. Pat, and it's not heard on the same station. So you're going to have to go to transformationtalkradio.com to listen at noon on Thursday. That's just a heads up. Thank you guys for um, emailing me and asking me to point that out. Um, This is something that, Benny, today, when we think about two words, spiritual and broke, we don't usually put them together. And yet at the same time, there are many of us, many of us that have gone down the pathway of renewing, entering, engaging our spiritual journey and ended up not so financially okay. Today, I am so thrilled that, uh, you know, one of my friends and colleagues, Jennifer Noel Taylor, joining me here today is right out of the gate. She wrote a book called Spiritual and Broke. And what I love about this, and let me tell you why I'm so excited to be talking with her about this, is when we think about those two words together, right? What comes to mind? So you have to look at the rest of what she has in her book and on her book cover. Spiritual and Broke, How to Stop Struggling with Money and Live on Purpose. So that's the key to today and that and much more. For those of you that know Jennifer, you know her as the Chief Magical Officer of Quantum Touch. And that's just one of the many things that she's done. You know, a former host on Transformation Talk Radio, but also somebody that has studied the advancement of spiritual growth and energy medicine in ways that many of us can even imagine. Beyond all of that, she has been somebody that has been instrumental in making sure that others are also well cared for. You know, we we partnered with her as she was raising funds, and maybe she'll give us an update on that, raising funds for a family a family that really didn't have many, many options. And sometimes when you see people in that position, you know, it is very difficult for many of us not to reach out, put our hands out and help. But that is somebody that, you know, is not like who we're talking about here today. You know, you and if you're listening to this show, you know what it's like to want to create a better world. 
But why would you or Jennifer, any one of us, why would we face what it means to be spiritual and broke? And I'll tell you why we do that. Because along the way, someone may have told us that if we're spiritual, we're not going to be rich. That if we live our purpose, we're not going to be able to ask for our net value. That if we feel good about making money, then we are literally spiritually depleted. Today, we're going to take those conversations on and much more. You know, how would you answer this question? Are you spiritual and broke? Jennifer, it's great to have you. Great. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You know, this is a big conversation because I think that this is a pathway that many of us have gone down. I mean, I've even had people on my show, let me just say, some of the most, I don't know, we classify them as the most spiritual people that we know on the show. Best-selling authors, right? Television, radio. And to hear them talk at during the break of how little money they have was odd for me. But I don't think that's unusual, is it? No, I've seen a lot of people who have this genuine desire to serve others and to help the world on a spiritual level, to help the spiritual growth of the planet. And yet they're they're barely making ends meet. You know, they're they're living out of their car or couch surfing or struggling or deeply in debt and and I was the same way I quit my real job to um do a a spiritual healing and I dug myself into $135,000 of debt so I totally get it where people are at with this but what is it for you uh, along the way what did you have to face in yourself I mean because I I know that when someone writes a book like this, right? And especially I've talked about some of the the things that I'm passionate about. But when you write a book like this, it's more of a calling to speak about it than it is, I think I'm going to sit down and write a book. What was it in your journey that ignited um, a flame within you to say, look, I don't think I'm the only one in this predicament. This is a book that I want to share with the world. Right. Well, just because I received so many letters from people in our community that are really struggling and it's really hard for them. And I felt guided to, to write this book to help all these people that are just, they're on the edge, you know, they can barely afford food or, or anything. And, uh, I really wanted to see a shift in this whole idea that we need to be broke to help others. I I just really want to shift this whole energy. So I just felt guided to put this out there. Okay. When I think about your life and what you've accomplished and, uh, and many people uh, know of you, your work and what you do. um, I sit down and I think about, you know, the, the, the times in my life, a light bulb went on and, and I kind of said to you, look, you and I have similar kind of journeys when it comes to the time we have spent either in a police car or looking in the face of some kind of uh, event in our lives. Have you ever asked yourself this question? 
when you're down and out, you're really struggling. Have you gone to the, hey, God, spirit, why me? <laughs> why not somebody else? Me. I've been so good. Why me? And I know you talk about it in that book, but I think this is really key to what's at the core of what many people feel. Yeah, so the why me is, um, so I tell my story in this book of a big why me moment that, that really changed everything. Um, so I went to sleep one night and some man broke into my house at three in the morning, around 3.30 in the morning, and uh, he woke me up in my bedroom and it turned into a robbery and a sexual assault. And then as part of the crime scene investigation, I was required to go to the rape trauma center. So I was escorted to the back of a police car. And that thought in, in this, in, you know, when we're in a major trauma like that, where it's just our world is falling apart, it's really, we all do this. We shake our fist at God or the universe and say, like, I just, I don't deserve this. I'm trying to serve the world. I'm trying to help others. I like, why me? I mean, there's, there's people, you know, I, I don't deserve this at all. I just don't get it. And, um, and I, and I felt really victimized by, not by the world, but by God. I mean, I was angry at God for a lot of things, including my money. And, uh, so I was in the back of the police car, kind of in a state of shock and, uh, the spirit, you know, God or all that is, or our, our little voice, my little voice spoke to me and said, you know, like pay attention so I paid attention and over the radio, I heard one of the police officers say, we're now transporting the victim to the rape trauma center. And I just, I took pause at that word victim. It, it just shot through my soul because I thought, wow, these people are labeling me as a victim and they have no clue who I am. I'm, I'm a spiritual healer. I'm an entrepreneur. I teach people a lot of attraction and empowerment. And yet here I am in the back of a police car being labeled as a victim. I couldn't reconcile that with, with who I believed I was. And I wanted to scream at the police officers now. So not only did I want to scream at God, I wanted to yell at the police officers and say, you got to be kidding me. You're labeling me as a victim. You have no clue what I do with my life and what <laughs> I'm doing for a living. I mean, come on. But and, and then I and then my wake up call happened because I was sitting there and I realized, wow, I'm really conducting a lot of my life as a victim. A lot of my thoughts are victimy. I you know, I blame God for my finances. I'm blaming my career choice for my lack of money. I'm blaming men for being unavailable. I was doing a lot of blame and, and feeling like a, a victim to my cause, especially. And I paused and said, Wow. No wonder why I'm being labeled as a victim right now. This is a reflection of how I'm actually living my life. And I had all this happen in the back <laughs> of a police car, which was really <laughs> odd. Um, and at a mo at the worst moment of my life, I just had this thing of, I got to stop doing this victim thing. If I'm teaching people empowerment, why am I living my life completely in contradiction to what I'm teaching? I'm a total hypocrite. So at that moment, I said, this victim thing is, is done. I'm not going to be a victim ever again. No one's ever going to label me as a victim. I'm going to stop labeling myself as a victim. 
And uh, it took me about eight years to really, to really own my ability um, and my, you know, my, my empowerment and my ability to take ownership of my reality because I still wanted to believe that sometimes there's just random acts of evil in the world. So after eight years of soul searching, I finally said, you know what? I take ownership of my whole, my whole reality creation. I take ownership of my life. I created my financial mess. I created all my debt. I'm going to take ownership and I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to change it. And so that, that decision to take ownership set me on a different trajectory it changed what I was attracting into my life. It changed my ability to to attract money. It 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 just was a huge paradigm shift within me. Yeah, and, and I love that we get that opportunity, right? Because how many times in our lives are we faced with these situations staring us in the face, but we don't see it as that? You did. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, this is the question for everybody out there. Do you really think that this is true of you? Are you spiritual and broke? Do you believe that? What if you didn't have to be spiritual and broke? When we come back, we're going to talk with Jennifer about where do we go from here? How do we get from that place where we see our lives, where we see what's going on, that moment, as she calls it in the book of brutal honesty, when we see that, how do we go from there to a new place of attraction? All the money you can imagine. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Join the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie show. Tune in each month as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. Cornelia Stephanie is a spiritual teacher, passionate speaker, published author, and founder of the Empower Network. Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. For more information, go to CorneliaStephanie.com. Hi, I'm Laura Meeks, and the most common problem that my clients face is all work and no play. This is why I created Fly High Living. I help you develop a balanced life plan and guide you to a place where you love to wake up in the morning. Call 888-666-1570 or go to flyhighliving.com to sign up for the four-week Flight Plan for Life course. Do you want the knowledge and wisdom to understand where spirituality, science, and psychology intersect? Then join the Karmic Path Radio Show with Tina and Laura on TransformationTalkRadio.com, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Pacific. Follow this charmingly, disarmingly dynamic duo as they explore how psychic ability, spirituality, and karmic law tie together. For more information on Tina, Laura, and their groundbreaking work, visit TheKarmicPath.com. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living, LLC. For more information about Karen, visit karenbenton.com. 
learn and explore fascinating and practical uses of essential oils, how to use them, and how they can enhance your everyday life. The Oil Lounge was founded by three remarkable women with fascinating stories about how essential oils changed their lives. Tina and Laura from The Karmic Path have joined forces to educate the masses in the benefits of Young Living Essential Oils. For more information, visit theoillounge.com. Are you feeling stuck in unhealthy habits, toxic relationships, or low self-esteem? Do you crave a healthy relationship filled with inspiration? You might just be on the verge, on the verge of attracting your soulmate. Tune in each month to The Laura Richer Show, where dating coach Laura Richer share tools for using your dating breakdown for a relationship breakthrough. For more information, visit richerhealinghypnosis.com. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. So great to have Jennifer join us here today. Jennifer, a couple things before we uh, rock and roll here. Uh, first of all, let folks know how they can find out more about you, but let folks know how they can get a copy of your book. Oh, great. So you can find out more about me at spiritualandbroke.com. On my uh, website, I have a mailing list sign up where if you sign up, you get the first 55 pages of the book for free just to get to know me and see if you resonate with my book. You can also buy my book at Amazon under Spiritual and Broke. It's for sale as a Kindle edition and a paperback. Awesome. Thank you. You know, I knew that this was coming, right? I, I knew that the the book was coming uh, because you mentioned it when you were you were putting it together and writing on it. Um, and there are many things that I think we could talk about. But the one thing that I was also struck by is how the book goes beyond the conversation of money. It goes to the conversation of manifestation. And what I mean by that is, it's not always that we sit down and we say, oh, I, I need 20 bucks. Although I got to tell you, when I was homeless and begging for money in Port Authority, that was on my mind right there. Uh, but short of getting the money, I would have taken a donut. Um, where is it in the conversation? Where is it that we can address the fact that sacrifice isn't always that thing, that feeling of sacrifice. I have to sacrifice in order to really get something I want. How do we have the conversation about being deserving of what the universe has? That's really an interesting um, question. I feel like there's several themes on this. One is the idea that we have to sacrifice ourselves to help others. And this is a long tradition of vows of poverty, vows of chastity, playing the martyr. And I believe that that really doesn't work very well. Because mm -hmm. if, if you're sacrificing yourself to help others, that means you don't really have a lot of resources to help others. And in our planet today, I feel like to really help others, if we have more resources, if the healing work is actually well-funded then we can more thoroughly help others. So for example, if people could quit their paying jobs and do healing work full time and they were well funded, there would be more healing work on the planet. So I feel like that whole thing needs to shift that say we, we need to be well funded to enact the change that we're hoping to enact because a lot of what everyone votes with their dollar today. 
So that's the first thing that I have with the sacrifice that it's actually better to be well-funded to help others. Yeah. And I, I think that, um, Let's just talk about, you know, something I, I remember listening to Abraham Hicks ages ago, like really ages ago. And I learned a very interesting word, and that is the word desire, giving myself permission to desire a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to me that there's this energetic conflict within some people that it's not okay to desire something, that if I do desire it, I'm going to talk to exactly what you referenced before, some kind of sin, Mm -hmm. some kind of act that isn't going to serve me. What needs to be removed, released, and let go so we can truly, as you say in your book, revisit the law of attraction? First of all, I believe that when we're fully connected to our heart, and we're fully aligned with our values, that our desires will naturally fall in alignment with our purpose here. So, for example, a lot of things that I used to spend money on weren't necessarily aligned with my values Mm. or my purpose. And that's one of the things I talk about in my book is that I spent a lot of money on things that didn't really have a lot of meaning to me. And now I still spend some money, not as much, But I don't feel deprived because I really allocate my funds on things that have meaning to me. And desire, I don't feel, is something that just goes unchecked. I feel like our desires can be in balance and in harmony with who we are. So, for example, I don't desire a 30,000 square foot mansion. I, I don't, you know, that to me feels more like a burden. There's no part of me that desires that. And so I'm not wanting multiple millions of dollars to fund a house. However, I do desire a nice place to live. So I I guess I'm trying to make the point that our desires usually fall in alignment with our truth. If we clear away all the ego stuff that tells us we should have that or we should have that. Yeah. Um, Along the way, your journey, right? And I think you talk about this in the book, and I, I think it's important to get to it. And, and that is to talk about the heart. And it really does call to the forefront exactly what you said. You know, we may have a yearning in our heart. And today in today's world, Jennifer, we're calling that sometimes our purpose, our calling. I hear this all the time. I, I mentor young women in recovery from ad- addiction, alcohol and addiction. And, you know, I hear the full expression of a life that they now want, they see that they can have, they can articulate it, right? Uh, It is something that comes at the end of a very painful road for a lot of people. But if you're not in that arena, if you haven't gone through that level of pain, why is it so hard for us to listen to our hearts? Um, Well, I believe that the heart is the interface between us as spirit and us as human. So it really can guide us to our life purpose. Um, I think it's really hard to listen to the heart because in our society, logic is valued. And if you, people who follow their heart sometimes are maybe labeled as crazy or your idea is totally nuts or you can't do that. That's non-logical. 
Um, I think it's just the construct of our society that makes it more difficult for people to believe in what the heart has to say. Um, even in school, you know, we're taught that the world is a logical place that follows mathematical um, laws. And the heart, uh, to me, doesn't necessarily follow uh, mathematical objective laws. And so I think that disconnect makes it really hard for people. I do, too. Um, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we have uh, a copy, a signed copy of the book to give away. Uh, but before we do, again, Jennifer, tell folks how they can find out more about you and how they can uh, get their own copy of the book. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. So you can find out more about me at spiritualandbroke.com. If you sign up for my mailing list, I'm giving you uh, the first 55 pages of my book for free. And then you can also buy the book on Amazon under Spiritual and Broke. Oh, and, and by the way, you could get the Kindle version as well. Uh, when we come back, we're going to give away the cop uh, copy of the book. When we come back, we're going to talk about this one particular thing. And I wonder if we've learned it. It's a quote that uh, Jennifer has got in, uh, put in the book. It's from my, my friend, Steve, Steve Maraboli. And it's this, the heart wants what it wants. It doesn't seek other people's opinions. Sometimes not even your own. When we come back, we're going to talk about the heart's desire and manifesting the absolutely most phenomenal success. Yes, I said that word that you could possibly want. Let's take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back. Introducing the Lucid Planet, a digital gathering place featuring cutting-edge, high-vibrational content that will empower and inspire you to become the greatest version of yourself. Visit the Lucid Planet today to stimulate your mind, body, and soul as you connect with a global community of like-minded people. The Lucid Planet is edited by renowned psychologist and author, Dr. Kelly Neff, who is here to help you cope with anxiety, connect to your higher purpose, uncover your true passions, and live your dreams. Dr. Kelly's fresh, compassionate perspective emphasizes growth, transformation, healing, and thriving. Even in the face of adversity, say goodbye to bad news and low vibrational media for good and become part of the larger collective of people working together to navigate the global shift of consciousness and transform the world from within. Join the planet, the Lucid Planet. Visit thelucidplanet.com. Welcome home. What are the planet pods and planet filter self-care alchemy essences? Our high vibrational essential oils and body butter contain living energies of specialty herbs and essential oils. All our products are created using the energies of nature. Made from flowers and herbs, each blend is then programmed using crystals, sound, color, sacred geometry, and other energies found in nature. Our products have a delicate aroma, and more importantly, they contain the vibrational signature of plants and other energy forms for optimal healing. Check out planetapothecary.shop to add these to your family's self-care and well-being. Are you ready to shift your current beliefs about death? From debilitating pain and loss? Follow Angie Corbett Kuiper as she shares that through choice, present moment awareness, and keeping an open mind that anything is possible, even in death. Tune in to Beyond Proof Radio with Angie, redefining death and loss every first and third Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more, visit BeyondProof.com. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? 
and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. And, you know, Jennifer, again, I know we're going to uh, give a copy of the book away, um, but also there's information about you, about what you do. I also mentioned, you know, you are uh, CEO Quantum Touch. Uh, Please give out any and all of that information. And then, Benny, let's go ahead and give a copy of the book away. 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. Uh, Jennifer, first give your information, and then I want to talk about what happens if what Steve Maraboli said is true, and we don't do it. Hmm. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yes. Well, um, yeah, so my uh Quantum Touch website, the company I run where we teach energy medicine, is www.quantumtouch.com. So that's what, that's uh, my life purpose is to work with energy. And uh, and then my personal website, spiritualandbroke.com, is where I'm giving out the first 55 pages of the book for free. Um, so I hope you get a chance to check either one of those out. Perfect. Look. I know what it's like to have my heart call me to go in one direction and then question, doubt myself, or even not do it. That's not good. It didn't turn out well for me. What are some of the dynamics when our heart is calling us in a direction and we just don't do it? I feel like eventually the heart gets its way. <laughs> um, you know, it, it basically, because I view the heart as the interface between spirit, the part of you that's eternal, and the world, the part of you that's uh, temporal or temporarily residing here in a body, uh, the heart is so powerful, it acts as that interface. So really, that's your compass, that's your life purpose, that's your direction. So I believe that the spiritual path in life is far more powerful than our mind and our mind chatter. So eventually, I I believe that circumstances manifest to keep guiding us on our path. And they may not be pleasant circumstances. Um, One of my quotes is uh, that one of my quotes I love is, if you don't listen to the whispers of the universe, you might have to hear the screams. Huh. And I've, I've personally found that true. Like life just converges on you to the point where you have to surrender. And I've seen that multiple times. And uh, I feel like that's just how it rolls. So basically your life gets harder and harder to deal with until you do surrender. That's just what I've seen. Yeah. I, I mean, in my case, I literally, my body, gave out. I got very, very sick. Um, 
and you know something that was very unexpected for somebody like me. I have always or had always been the person that um, not only was built like a rock, very athletic, but didn't really have many problems in my life. And then I was basically brought to my knees. You know, it may sound a little drastic, but sometimes I think that does happen because the heart does get its way eventually, I think. I believe, you know, we've heard a lot of stories of people who they get really sick and it turns into an opportunity to get into their purpose. We've seen that story over and over again. They're they're doing some something they don't love, but pays the bills and they get sick and their whole life changes. And I think that can be one of the purposes of illness. It's not necessarily to cause us undue suffering. It's to actually guide us into a different direction. And I totally was guided because, you know, in my case, Jennifer, and this is what I want to talk with you about too. In my case, I was six months into starting the radio show before it was even the Dr. Pat show. Uh, And uh, so much pressure from, you know, the relationship I was in, all of the above. You know, why am I not getting a real job? Why don't I do that thing? Why don't I get that big consulting job? Why don't I, why don't I, why don't I? But it was not what I thought I would be doing. What can we say to folks that are listening to this today that has to do with how we can learn to trust? Well, I think one way to learn to trust is to reframe how we view our world. So instead of uh, viewing all these challenges as inconveniences, we can view them as opportunities to shift and grow. So whenever, let's say whenever something explodes in my business or there's a big drama or any problem or uh, something quote unquote negative happens, I look at it as what is, what is spirit trying to tell me here? What is the universe trying to show me? What am I needing to learn from this? Um, And typically what I find is that these challenges actually are areas that needed attention. They needed shifts in those arenas and they turned into challenges because something really amazing came out of it. Yeah. um, You know, in the book, right, you know, one of the things you're talking about is you're talking about what it is we do, how many, let's just call it, gyrations we will go through to try to get that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. One of the things I want to point to about this is this this thing that we've created here in the money management arena, and it's called a budget, the budget. Uh, You have a very interesting way of thinking about the budget, and I'd love for you to share that with us. (laughs) Oh, I think budgets suck. Yes, um, they do. You know, nobody likes budgets. It, they usually come with groans. And, and I talk about in my book, the idea of frugality, just I didn't resonate with that at all. I had this vision of ending up in a cold house with rats and cobwebs all alone in my one dress that I owned. So frugality never rubbed me the right way. So I've noticed that um, whenever I tried to do a budget, there was always problems with it. One is I could never follow it. 
I remember one time I tried to cut up my credit cards thinking, all right, I just got to stop putting stuff on my credit card. And a day later I was fishing the credit card out of the trash and I duct taped it together. Like, budgets are really hard to follow. And the other thing I noticed about budgets is that even if you do manage to follow it, I noticed in my case that my expenses and income always seemed to operate at a deficit no matter what I did. I would raise my income and then all of a sudden I'd have a car repair or some kind of expense that would match my new income or I'd lower my income and, uh, you know, my expenses would match that as well. It just didn't seem to work out in my favor ever when I tried to do a budget. So I realized, you know, what I couldn't circumvent with the budget was my energy. I had an energy that was running my life at a deficit. So I had to deal with the energy first. So I, I've never had a good success with budgets for that reason. Well, I, I mean, so, you know, look, we're talking about a lot of different things today, but I would be remiss if I didn't take a moment and now kind of shift gears a little bit. Um, I was talking to you a little bit about the Dalai Lama and a conversation I had with a friend of mine. And the view of the Dalai Lama is how absolutely poor the Dalai Lama is, right? I mean, that's mm -hmm. a viewpoint that some people hold because Dalai Lama is spiritual. But in my mind, when I think about this man and the organization that he's associated with, because if you've ever met him or you've ever traveled or seen him travel, there is an entire entourage that takes money. So how is it that somebody like the Dalai Lama, or shall I even mention the Pope, how do these perceived very spiritual, spiritual people get all of the goodies they want? Why is it that us average people cannot do the same? I believe the average people can. And it just takes a, a shift in our perspective about the meaning of money. So I think a lot of us, perhaps me in the past, would associate money with greed. And greed is one of the deadly sins of the world. And so with that association, people generally judge money as the root of all evil. And so if you're trying to live a spiritual path, you certainly don't want to have anything to do with a deadly sin or the root of all evil. So I think that's why people tend to shun money. I'd like to reframe money as it's not the root of all evil. It, like any tool, it can be used for good. It can be used for evil. I'd like to see more money on the planet be used for good. And if we use money to fund things like the Dalai Lama, we use money to fund our spiritual practice. We use money to fund alternative medicine. That uh, Then I believe that these amazing spiritual things actually increase their presence in the world, which is what we'd all like to see. So instead of viewing money as the root of all evil or that it's evil to have money, we view it as a way to fund our spiritual mission. So I'd love to reframe that for people. And I think we have to reframe it for people because we're moving into an age now, a day and age, right, where we're seeing more and more people connect to source energy, God, whatever you call it. We're seeing more and more people. And yet at the same time, we're also seeing some of the beliefs that we've had in this journey as we move forward here 
you know, especially let's say from new thought or the new thought perspective, we're starting to see some things change. We're starting to see a little bit more openness to conversations uh, with angels, so to speak. What would you say is the greatest thing that we can learn about the relationship between money and spirituality? I believe that we can view money as a spiritual practice. The, our ability to attract money can become a spiritual practice using money to fund uh, spiritual visions and spiritual purpose, I feel can be part of spirituality rather than creating a separation between the two. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would be remiss without talking about, uh, and, and we'll go ahead, Benny, and skip the break, uh, uh, talking about what we like to talk about, and it likes to talk about itself too. And that is the mind, you know, the conversation of the mind, you know, the chatter that we have, the sense that we have no control about what goes in our minds, the bombardment we have now with information. Um, is it mind over matter? Hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the mind is really interesting because. The mind is just a part of us. And as uh, one of my authors, uh, one of my favorite authors, Michael Signer, talks about in um, his book, The Surrender Experiment, is how to quiet the mind and how to stop judging situations as good or bad, but quieting the mind to allow the flow of the universe to take over your life. And if you can remove or, or distance yourself from the, the mind chatter and stop believing everything the mind tells you. you yeah. know, so the mind says, no, money is bad, or I'm having a fat day, or, you know, all that stuff that just, it's like having a bad roommate. Um, and, and allow the universe to, to speak to you and guide you. I think that's a more purpose, powerful way to live. And I think it's a practice. It's again, a spiritual practice to, to quiet the mind and let the, let the universe speak through your heart. Yeah. You know, when we think about letting the universe speak through our heart, what do we have to understand? Or at least what do we have to do to listen and listen carefully? I think mean, one of the things is, is quieting the mind um, and not instantly judging those, uh, the, the information that comes from that still small voice. I think we all have this intuitive sense of when the heart is speaking because it resonates as truth. Whereas a lot of things the mind say may or may not even resonate as any sort of truth. So having that ability to separate ourselves from our thoughts, it's a practice ability through a meditative practice or I like to use energy healing on myself to, to practice that, but some sort of practice where you can create a bit of a separation between your mind and who you are. And then when you do that and when you can open your heart and connect with gratitude, connect with things that you love, the heart will speak to you. Spirit will mm. speak to you. So that, that's, that, that's a, it's a huge topic, you know, how to quiet the mind and, and open the heart and develop a practice. There's so many good resources out there on that. Yeah, there are. 
um, and for people, uh, certainly you've provided some insight in the book as well, right? Um, I, I want to spend some time um, now talking about in the book what your reference is. You talk about divine guidance. And I think this is perhaps for me, this has been one of the greatest lessons, one of the greatest things that I've had to learn in my own spiritual development. And, and, and that has to do with the idea of divine guidance. In the book, you talk about what divine guidance does. I have two questions. One, how has it gotten you to where you are today? And what is it that we can say to people listening to talk about the voice of divine guidance? So I think that divine guidance is really being able to listen to the guidance coming from the heart. And I like to call it divine guidance, but people can call it the inner voice or the still small voice. A lot of people have different terms for it. And to do that, I feel like it requires opening the heart. And we can do that on purpose by, I believe, doing things that we love or connecting to our love and gratitude. But also, interesting enough, the universe is constantly providing us guidance with stuff that happens in the external world. And the guidance comes up uh, to see how we react to it. So when something doesn't go as we like, uh, that, I believe, is part of our guidance system to get us into a different track. So, for example, if your partner breaks up with you, to me, that's a form of guidance because now the universe is guiding you somewhere else. And uh, to be able to view it that way is probably one of the hardest, hardest things we can do. It, it is one of the hardest things we could do. But yet without it, it really puts us in a place of uh, shall I say it, feeling lost. I mean, we walk around as if we are lost, right? We're mm -hmm. lost in our lives. We're lost in our world. We're lost in how to take that next step, right? The mm -hmm. word I think that we're using now in our society, which is, I've been tracking it for 15 years, this word, the word stuck. Mm -hmm. Whether we say stuck or not, um, it, it's that thing where we feel we're not moving forward. Mm -hmm. How have you asked divine guidance to give you the insight of what it wants you to do? That's a great question. You know, I put the question out there and usually I feel like things show up to show me what's in the way of what I want or it manifests. So, uh, for example, um, if, for example, your, your partner breaks up with you, to, um, I'm using that as a, that oh, that's a good of, one. Right? I like that one. Right? I'm right there with you, sister. Yeah. So your partner breaks up with you now, obviously it's super traumatic and your tendency is to feel really like, oh, this shouldn't be happening. He's making a mistake. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, all that things that we do in our mind and. Um, and the mind's protesting greatly. And the thing is, is I view that if we can get beyond the mind and beyond the grief and beyond the loss and look at, wow, you know, I, we're, I'm being guided. And, and so is my partner in a different direction. Mm -hmm. And perhaps that's in the highest good. And that's where the surrender comes into place because that's 
not easy to to follow or believe, but that's obviously where spirit is directing the next phase of your life. So I feel like the guidance is all around and it's happening, but it it takes a level of surrender to follow it. Yeah. I want to just clarify surrender for people that may be confused. Surrender and sacrifice are not the same. And I just want to hear your perspective on it. They might be the same because we might feel letting go of somebody that doesn't want to be with us. We might get the energy of sacrifice, which is a very victim state, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a fine line between them. I think there are so many fine lines. I don't even know where to begin. Mm-hmm. But the, the fine lines that I'm referring to are the, are the ones you talk about in your book, that if I move slightly to the left or slightly to the right, I'm going to end up in the broke category, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least feel that way. The victim category. The victim. Yeah. So I'll draw an example from the breakup. Um, let's say your true heart's desire coming from a deep place within is you'd like to get married. And basically the universe uh, says, well, your current partner is never going to marry you. So it's time, if that's your true desire, it's time to instigate a separation. So the, the divine flow in this case, if you truly want to get married and your partner is not going to marry you, or the universe has the foresight to know that this is not going to happen with this particular person. It doesn't mean the person's bad. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means that the universe is creating a space for something new to happen where, where it would lead to marriage. So I view that a lot of stuff that falls away from our life is not sacrifice. It's actually guidance to get us to a place where we can actually um, achieve what we really want to manifest what we really want. So if you lose something, it can feel like sacrifice. It can feel like a victim, but it's really the universe saying, all right, that has to go to get you where you want to be. Yeah. I know for me, and as I look back on this, I know exactly what you're saying is true and beyond true because I know that the pain of that breakup um, for me is, it was devastating. Yet at the same time, I wouldn't be in the world the way I'm in the world now. I wouldn't be looking at the end of this year and some of the very, very cool things that I'm looking forward to, um, what we're doing with the network. It just wouldn't be here. But at the time, I kind of knew it inside, Jennifer. I knew it inside. It still didn't make it any less painful, right? Mm -hmm. It's painful. Some of the stuff, you know, the it can really be a grieving process when the universe is guiding you somewhere else and you're stomping your feet and resisting and it's hard and it's painful and it's just it's just incredibly devastating. But yet I think all of us have this awareness that yeah, we're being guided somewhere else and if we can let go and surrender to it and not feel like a victim but view it as a way that the universe is helping us achieve what we truly want from a deep heartfelt place. I think that can really help with some of the pain. I mean, even my, um, what I described in my book, the sexual assault, 
on some level, I, I knew it was part of my growth and part of my path. And if I could let go and accept it as such, then it's just so easy to go into the next level of where spirit is guiding. It's just really, it can be really devastating sometimes. Yeah. Thank you so much for today. Thank you for coming out, chatting with us. Um, thank you for taking on a topic that many people are literally scared to death to even talk about. Um, again, how can people get a copy of the book? And Jennifer, one last question. What, what's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? Probably the biggest message that I would love to leave people with is that you're not a victim that you can take any situation you're in, no matter how horrible or, or awful it seems, you can view it as guidance from spirit and you can turn it around and create a truly lovely, wonderful life. Mm. And um, yeah, and if you want to find out more about me and, and the book, uh, you can go to spiritualandbroke.com. I'm giving away the first 55 pages of the book for free if you sign up for my mailing list. And um, also, I have an energy healing business, and you can go to the site there at www.quantumtouch.com. Wow. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you so much. Uh, by the way, a little update. How is the family doing that you were raising the funds for? So the family in Costa Rica is, is looking for a piece of land. Um, we, uh, we went back down there to... Uh, to tell the family that we've been raising funds for them and uh, that we are intending to buy them a piece of land. Wow. There's a government program in Costa Rica that if you have a piece of land, you can apply for it so they'll build you a house. And uh, the family feels like once they have the land that they'll have no problem getting a house built. And it was such a beautiful moment in Costa Rica when we went back down there to tell them that, yeah, we're raising funds for you is just a really beautiful moment. And, um, so now they're, we also hired a, an attorney, um, to make wow. sure that the deal with the land actually is, wow. is okay is Pono, as they say in Hawaiian. Um, and so it'll all go through the attorney. So the funds will go through the attorney and, um, we'll make sure that they don't get screwed, you know? Yeah. Oh, um, good, good. So, yeah, so we paid for that. Awesome. So, yeah, so that's, um, so, yeah. Thank so, you. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I'm I, I we'll mean, find... I appreciate you doing that. I also appreciate you letting us know how things are going 